0: Tonight, we are starting a brand new series that we're going to do over the next three threads. Um, And the series is Say No to FOMO. Everyone say, say no no. to FOMO. Um, So me, Jack and Jess are going to take you through this series. Jack and Jess wanted to call it FOMO-NOMO. I said no. We're going to say say no to FOMO. That's the title of our series. Um, so I'm going to open it up with you tonight about comparison. Um, then Jack, in two weeks, on March the 19th, in the basement, is going to open it up on under a uh, cost. And then uh, on April the 2nd, a uh, Threads Basement, Jess is going to talk to us about calling. But what on earth Is FOMO. FOMO means this. It means the fear of missing out. Urban Dictionary, which is the proper dictionary uh, that we all should use in English, it says this the fear that if you miss a party or event, you will miss out on something great. For an example, an example sentence, um, even though he was exhausted, John's FOMO got the best of him and he went to the party. I am a person that struggles with FOMO. I love having fun and I I struggle to go to bed early sometimes because I struggle with with FOMO of of the fear of missing out on the fun that might happen when I'm when I'm um, away at things like Soul Survivor can be one of those times where you struggle with FOMO because you don't want to go to bed early and you don't you know you need sleep and you know you're absolutely knackered and you know you've been crying all day because the food wasn't right and you're like <laughs> and really it's just your tiredness but FOMO hits in at about half 10 and you think if I go to bed I will miss out on some fun it will happen at the Excel weekend away when you know that Saturday is the longest day in the history of the world ever that you experience but on the Friday night FOMO hits in and you go I want to stay up late and I want to eat strawberry laces and run around my, my run around my dorm room with my pants on my head and um, please do not do that um, and FOMO kicks in because you think, if I go to sleep, I will miss out. And we all struggle with FOMO one way or another. And one of the biggest ways that FOMO has an influence on us is through social media. You know, high usage of social media can, inc- can lead to increased FOMO and therefore lead to higher levels of anxiety and depression. You know, I love social media. You know, We're going to talk about it in the squad goal series that we're doing at Cruise, but we're also going to talk about it through this series as well. And social media is brilliant, but in the right balance. And all of us struggle with FOMO. FOMO is a real thing in our world. And, you know, um, when thinking about social media, we um, took the 16 plus guys away down to North Devon um, last week. And it... I'm going to show you a video that I showed those guys when we were down in Devon. And when I showed them this video, there was sheer silence across the room because it was so true that each and every one of us were just like, oh, my word, that is so true about me. This video is a guy called Simon Sinek who's a lead sociologist and he's really popular at the moment. You might have seen some of his videos, some of his TED Talks. Um, this video has done the rounds on Facebook a little bit. You might have seen it. But this is Simon Sinek talking about how we are addicted to our phones and how it impacts us. Have a look. Wow. <laughs> who, who, by his definition there, is addicted to their phone? I've got my hand up. Because I, I watched that and went, I'm addicted to my phone. Before, one of the first things I do, my alarm goes off, and I wake Twitter to wake myself. Uh, what? I wake? I read Twitter to wake myself up. I look through Instagram to to let myself wake up, and then I go, "Morning, Laura. Morning, Archie." Like I I am addicted to my phone. This is serious business. I watched that, and I was frightened at how that was true about me. Okay, I got my first mobile phone when I was in year nine. Okay it was it was a a yellow and black screen it wasn't a color phone it was it didn't have internet on it the social media didn't exist then i could only send text messages and call people but now as as i've grown older technology has developed and it's become a huge part of my life but you guys with your social media have grown up with with only ever known smartphones and smart devices and it has become a key part of your life. And you can't imagine life without a smartphone or life without a tablet or social media. And I get that and I understand that. And what, I want, what we want to speak in, into through this Say No to FOMO series is how do you find balance in all of this? How do, you, how do you engage with social media and use your smartphone in a way that is healthy and positive for you as an individual and for those around you? It is really serious business. We are constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And that's what I want to focus on tonight, Comparison. You know, we all compare ourselves in different ways. There are three main ways that we compare ourselves to other people. The first one is materially. Okay, we we go on Instagram and we see that our mates got new fresh crepes and we see that they've they've got the new Adidas Yeezy Boosts and we're like, oh, they are so sick. Oh, my, my trainers are so rubbish compared to theirs. Or you know, I've I've got a friend on um, Facebook who my mum is also friends with them, and um, she often. Pe- uh, puts up a picture of uh, the latest shoes that her husband has bought them, bought for her. And I I've seen these posts and thought, flipping heck, she's got a lot of shoes. She's either got more feet than me or more money than me. Um, but um, my mum said to me, "Have you noticed how you never you never see the shoes? You only see the box." And my mum said, "I wonder whether she's only getting hold of these boxes and not really um, getting the shoes, but is is creating this fake online." ...ness. onlineness that's not a word but it is now I used it this fake onlineness online presence online persona that she's getting all these shoes and actually she's not and because she might be wanting to compete with what everybody else is doing she is comparing herself to other people that she sees on social media that are are getting all the latest stuff and she knows she can't afford to keep up with it and um, number two um, the second reason why we compare each other is relational. We view people's pictures and see that they went out last night and we weren't with them, and it, we compare ourselves and we go and we we feel inferior because we weren't invited. We see that the people put up pictures of them with a friend and say BFFs for life and all this. This is bae. and we get we get jealous relationally. We wish that we had friends like that. Um, this is one of the biggest contributors to fomo and it's one of the things that we're going to talk about when we talk about the cost um, when uh, jack speaks to us about that and then the third one is circumstantial how we compare each other through us our, uh, to ourselves to each other through our c- circumstances um, you know, we, we look at other people's social media, we look at other people's lives and think, I wish my life was where they were at. I wish I was mature enough to be able to post that. I wish I was uh, in a place where I could do that. I wish I, my, I'm jealous that I'm not doing what they're doing right now. This is one of the ways that I struggle with uh, FOMO. There's a friend of mine who's on holiday at the moment, um, and she is in the Maldives, and um, she's in the exact island where me and Laura went for our honeymoon. And I follow her on Instagram, and every day I go on, and she's putting pictures up of beaches, of nice views, of fish in the sea, uh, uh, all this nice stuff. And I'm sat there going, I am so jealous of her right now. I am like... Super jealous because she is on holiday and I am not. Those are the three main ways, but comparison is a really dangerous thing, particularly on social media. Stephen Fertick, who leads a church in America, says this. He says that the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. I'm going to repeat that. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. You see, we lie in bed and we see these photos of our friends who who all look super skinny and super hot and I've got all these filters on. By the way, when did when did having features of a dog become attractive? Like, when did having cat ears and dog ears become a thing to get you more likes on, on Instagram? I don't understand it. Like, I genuinely, I know it's a Snapchat filter, but all the girls that I follow have these, like, selfies of them with dog noses and dog ears and I'm like... Why? I don't get it. Why? Do do you want to become an animal? Is that what you're saying to me? You want to become a dog. Is that what you're saying? Do you want everybody to refer to you as a dog? No? But you see the thing is, I I I know it's a bit of fun and um, but we like we, we might lie in bed on Instagram looking at our friends who look super hot and we're lying there with no makeup on. I know I do. I, you know Our hair is a mess. We've got dribble all over our face from sleep. And we, we look at their highlight reel, uh, a photo that they took hours crafting, putting their makeup on, getting their selfie just right, picking the right one, getting the right filter, using all these apps that make you look super skinny. And we there, we compare their highlight reel with what's going on right now in our life and we think, I'm so ugly compared to them. Boys, you might, you might do it in the same way that you, you see your mates and they, they're posting topless pictures of themselves and they look all hench and you're lying there and you've just eaten pizza and you've got pepperoni left on, pepperoni stains all down your pyjamas. And, you know, you feel ugly compared to them. And you, you can comp- the problem is we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And we're going to talk more about that in the Squad Goals series. But I, I've got some facts for you about some selfies. You know, the average 16 to 25-year-old woman spends over five hours a week taking selfies. That works out at three selfie sessions a day, which is 16 minutes per selfie session, which works out to be about five and a half hours a week. On average, seven selfies are taken before finding the perfect one. Who takes more than seven selfies when they try and find the perfect one? Okay. When taking a selfie, 57% of people said we'll find a place with good lighting, 46% will restyle their hair, 33% will redo makeup, and 4% will do will put on fake tan. That's just Dan Murphy. That one. Um, why they took their selfie and posted it? 18% took a fo- took a selfie for a confidence boost. 16% a test run for photos later before they went on a night out. 27% of people took a selfie because they thought they looked good. That's probably the reason I take my selfies. Um, 14% to make someone jealous. Who's done that? Who's posted the selfie online to make someone jealous? No one's going to admit to that, are they? Um, or of people have done it to make someone regret dumping them. (laughs) Harsh. True, though. I'm over you, boy. I don't know why I did that. Um, 22% to get the attention of someone they fancy. And 5% of people have taken a selfie on the toilet. (laughs) Who's taken a selfie on the toilet? I genuinely have. I accidentally sent that selfie to a group chat. It was pretty bad, um but funny you see when we when we look when we look on social media we are we are not seeing true reality okay we're seeing a crafted, filtered, and edited version of reality we only when we 're on social media, we only let people see our best bits we don't you know most of you haven 't taken a selfie on the toilet, please. Don't post a selfie of you on the toilet. Because that's probably one of your most vulnerable and worst places to be is when you're on the toilet. You know, you don't take a selfie and go, hashtag stinky poo. Like uh, I'm putting ideas in the boys' brains, aren't I? Please, boys, do not do that. But you see, we we craft and we create this online persona that we are doing great, that we're living life and it's amazing and we're really happy. And actually, we're only showing our best bits we're not showing what true reality is and to talk about comparison James in the book of James so it's a book written by a guy called James and it says this but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such wisdom he's being sarcastic here such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual and demonic wow. Envy, which when we compare too much, comparison leads to envy. And the Bible says here that envy does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. When we are envious of somebody, when we compare ourselves too much to someone, it is not of God. You know, the 10th commandment is do not, do not covet your neighbor's possessions. Do not, do not envy over what your neighbor has or over who your neighbor is. Don't envy people. That's really strong. I, I personally wouldn't write it like that. I'd be a little bit nicer. But it is there in black and white. In the Bible, it is a sin. And do you know what? I don't want to beat you up about that because I struggle with that a lot. Okay? and I struggle with envy, and I want to get right about it. And what I want to do is spend the rest of our time together giving you some practical tips on how you can stay away from the comparison game. You know, I want to help you to be wise when it comes to dealing with FOMO. And I want to give you three practical points, and then we're going to pray together. The first point is this. Number one, unfollow. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says this. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves, there's that word, compare, with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Do you know, it is not wise to compare yourself with other people, especially if you suffer from FOMO. If you struggle with FOMO, it is not wise to compare yourselves. And therefore, I want to say, unfollow You know, girls struggling with identity and self-esteem is not a new thing, okay? You ask any of the youth leaders who are from varying degrees of decades, who grew up in the the 80s, the 70s, and the 60s, ask them if they struggled with identity and self-esteem as a teenager. They will all tell you yes, okay? It is not a new thing under the sun, okay? But Ten years ago, which I was doing youth work ten years ago, which makes me feel really old, but we, we would say ten years ago to people, before social media was as big as it is now, what you need to do is, girls, if you struggle with self-esteem and, and identity, you need to not buy the gossip magazines You need to avoid those magazines. Don't buy Heat magazine. Don't buy OK magazine. I stood in Asda the other day and had a look at a a gossip magazine, and, and it was pointing out all these celebrities who've gotten fat, and it was like, look at these rolls, look at this cellulite. And youth workers were saying to girls, don't buy this stuff because it is not helpful for you. You are comparing yourself to celebrities, and it is not helpful. Now, I know that a lot of you don't buy those magazines anymore because it's on social media. And what I want to suggest to you is you might need to unfollow some accounts that, that, help, that cause you to struggle in this area of comparing yourself and being envious. You might need to unfollow some uh, accounts that are particularly unhelpful. It's fleeing from that that makes you struggle. On Monday night, um, Dan came round to our house and we, we watched the Liverpool-Leicester game. And uh, as most of you will know who are football fans, Liverpool were absolutely garbage on Monday night. And I found myself getting really, really annoyed. And at half time, I was annoyed because we'd been absolutely rubbish. And as the second half kicked off, I've, I found myself getting even more annoyed. And I said to Dan, if this goes to 3-0, I'm turning off because I'm fed up of this. And Dan, about 10 minutes later, went, did you mean that? Why would you turn off? And I said, Dan, I'm, I'm not like giving up and I'm not like turning my back on my team. It's unhelpful for me to carry on watching this because I'm getting annoyed and I'm getting angry and these are unhelpful feelings for me to have and I therefore want to flee from the temptation to say things that I wouldn't normally say and to, to get wound up and get angry and, and to, th- to throw something across the living room which is what I felt like doing on Monday night. You see, when, when we're hit with temptation, we've got to step away from the things that become unhelpful. So there might be certain friends that you have that you, you're thinking now, it would be helpful for me to unfollow their account. It would be helpful for me to unfollow that celebrity or, or that, that magazine or that, that, uh, that YouTuber. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop watching their videos because they are unhelpful to me. I think that would be really wise of you. You see, the, the Bible's really clear. It is sinful and demonic to be envious, and we want to do everything that we can to not fall into that. Some of you might need to take a break from social media altogether now i 'm not talking like a fast or giving it up for Lent, but just going, do you know what for a season i' going I'm going to give up social media and i 'm going to give up my phone because I want to step away um, from the temptation to be envious and compare myself you know. It doesn't just apply to social media. I know some of you are probably sat there going, I'm not on Instagram or you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not on social media. You know? It might be that you need to stop watching certain programs. It might be things like Made in Chelsea aren't, aren't helpful for you to watch or um, certain YouTube videos or programs that you watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Um, things that you can, you can unsubscribe from and step away from and say, this isn't helpful for me. The second point, number two, is this. Be thankful. You know, um, after the fire that we had next door, um, the next two weeks were two of the most exciting weeks I've ever worked here. Um, It was stressful and it was hard work. Um, But I really enjoyed it. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about those two weeks is every morning at nine o'clock, the staff team would meet together in our meeting room um, and we would would spend some time um, thinking about what needed to be done that day. We would talk about what had been done yesterday and where things had developed and what needed to be done. We would pray together. But before we did any of that, we would go around the table and each person would say what, what they were thankful for that day. And, you know, some days it would be like, oh, I'm really thankful for that person that bought us all those pizzas yesterday. Other times it would be like, I'm really thankful that, that, um, that Hell's Owen College have donated all this furniture to us we were really thankful one day because the chairs that you're sat on were donated by another church and you see we were in an awful situation of having no church and no church building but we found a way to be thankful you see um, Paul a guy who's writing to the church in Philippi he says this um, in Philippians 4 he says I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And Paul, when he writes this, isn't, you know, chilling on a beach with a cocktail in his hand, getting a nice tan. Paul is in prison when he's writing this and he's saying, when I'm in prison... Or when I'm on the beach, I have learned to be content in whatever is going on. I have learned to be thankful for whatever is going on. I went on a website uh, this week, and they asked me to put my wage in, um, so what I earn every year, um, to compare me to how rich I am to the rest of the world. And uh, I've got a screenshot of it, um, so I don't earn that much. But my wage puts me in the 1.88% richest people in the world okay and I earn less than the UK average average wage okay so I earn lower I earn lower than the UK average wage but that still puts me in the 1.88% of richest people in the world okay if you've got a roof over your head if you have got running taps if you've got food in your fridge and clothes in your cupboard you are in the top 2% richest people in the world and yet we sit there going oh i've got nothing to wear oh there's nothing in we need to learn to be thankful we need to be lea- learn to be thankful for what we have you know i know what it is to struggle with with a with a frustrating phone that crashes that you have to constantly delete photos and videos and apps because there's no space on it um I know, Laura knows what it's like to deal with a, with a broken screen. I've never broken my screen. Um, touch wood. Um, I can't believe I literally touched wood then as well. Um, I don't believe in superstitions. But you might, you might sit there and you might get frustrated with your phone. When was the last time you were thankful that you have a phone? When was the, when was the last time you were thankful to say, you know what, this phone is frustrating, but I'm really thankful that I've got a phone? When was the last time you were thankful for what you had in your life? I think we need to harvest a thankful attitude in our lives. Our world tells us that we never have enough, but we need to start being grateful for what we do have. And here's the flip side when it comes to comparison we have to learn to be thankful when others get stuff. So say you're frustrated with your phone and then you go on social media and it takes half an hour to load Instagram because your phone's rubbish. And then you go on to you go on Instagram and you see, you see that your mate has just got the brand new iPhone. And not only has he got the brand new iPhone, he's got the new iPhone with the maximum amount of memory, and he's got an unlimited data package, and you're like, I am gonna rinse that via hot hotspot. But you sit there. And you can become envious going, I wish I had that phone. And I wish I had that amount of memory. And I wish I had that data plan. And um, and actually, what I think we need to do is develop a, a thankful heart that we go, do you know what? I'm made up. He's got those. You know, I've wanted Adidas Yeezy Boosts for ages. And when George told me that he got the Yeezy Boosts for Christmas, I was buzzing for George. Because I could sit there and go, do you know what, I'm so jealous of George. Do you know I I might mug George and rob his Yeezy Boosts. What size are you, George? You nine, oh, I'm an eleven, so that wouldn't work. Um, but I could, I could, I could harvest an envious attitude. But when George show, told me that he was getting easy boost for Christmas, I was like, yes, George, that is sick. Oh, mate, I am buzzing for you. I am so excited for you. Why? Because I want to have a thankful attitude for George. And you know, I think when we, when we, em- when we can be envious of people. Um, it's like one of the things that's not to do with social media, but when when you study really hard for an exam and perhaps you compare yourself to a certain person in your class that's always getting the good grades and they go, oh yeah, I didn't really revise and you studied really hard and then you get the results back and you got a B and they got an A and they're like, oh. Being, Being thankful for them and being pleased for them is a way that you can harvest a thankful attitude in your heart. Because you can go, oh, do you know what? I studied really hard and I got a B. Oh, it's so amazing that you don't have to study hard and that you can get an A. That's amazing. That's really good. And do you know what? I'm made up for you. I'm so pleased for you. You know, I wonder whether you could use your Instagram or your Twitter or your Snapchat feed to pray for people. Have you ever thought of that? that you could you could go through your social media and rather than comparing yourself and comparing your behind the scenes with everyone's highlight reel going through your social media and, and seeing you know the the Amy Plimmers uh, put a photo of her playing football god I pray for Amy god I pray that you would bless her as she plays footy as she goes to college today god would you bless her and um, would you keep speaking to her god would you use her to like, praying for them seeing seeing what god wants you to pray into as you scroll through your social media that's a really real flip side of how to use social media and you know when you do that it purifies your motives and you find that you become thankful for people, not envious of them. And right at the very end of that verse, it says, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. It's Jesus who gives you the strength to do that. And you'll find the more you discipline yourself to do that, the more um, the more God will speak to you through it. And finally, point number three. Number three, be you. I want to ask you who's the best Andy Hancock that you know? Why? Because I'm the only Andy Hancock? Do you know, I am the best Andy Hancock that you will ever meet. Do you know why? Because I am brilliant at being Andy Hancock. I am absolutely phenomenal. There is no one in the world better at being Andy Hancock than me because I was created to be Andy Hancock And I am Andy Hancock, and I am going to be Andy Hancock till the day I die, and I am brilliant at it. And you know what? Who's the best person to be you? You. You know, I can't sing. It would be awful for all of you and the entire world if I tried to be Dan Murphy. Okay, imagine how bad that would be if I tried to pick up Dan's guitar and, you know, press the the auto-tune button on here for his iPads. Like... (laughs) He does use (laughs) auto-tune. I can't be Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy is a phenomenally gifted worship leader. It would be awful if I tried to be Dan. Or Sam. Sam is incredible at creating media pieces. He's a phenomenal drummer. I can't try and be Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is the best Sam Jackson that I know because he is great at being Sam Jackson. If Sam Jackson tried to be me, it would be horrific because he'd have to shave his head and he's got beautiful hair. He would have to come off YouTube because I don't put YouTube videos up. He'd, he'd have to learn how to speak Scouse and he really can't do a Scouse accent. His impression of me is awful. You see, what I want you to get across into your minds is that, is that you were created to be you and you are the best at being you. God created you. We read it together at the start, and I'm going to read it to you again from Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When God created the world, he created a role for you to play. God created a role for each and every one of you. That's why I'm the best at being Andy Hancock because I I am trying to do the role that God has called me to do. Don't try and be anyone else. Be who you were created to be. Start to love how God created you. Be unashamedly you because God made you that way and God loves you for who you are. And he wants you to become the best version of you that you can become. He knows what the best version of you is because he made you. Don't try and be someone else. Don't sit on social media and and compare yourself and and develop FOMO within you because you feel like if you don't try and be that person, you are going to miss out on life. Let me tell you, the best way that you can live your life is being 100% you and becoming the best version of you that God created you to be. You see, FOMO is the fear of missing out. If we stop comparing by unfollowing, by being thankful and being ourselves, that is how we will say no to FOMO. I wonder if you could stand for me, Sean, if you could come and play as well. Why don't we just stand to our feet, just where you are, you don't need to come forward. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you created us to be who we are. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to be 100% ourselves. God, I pray that you would help us to say no to FOMO by stopping comparing ourselves. God, would you help us to stay away from being envious? God, would you help us? to have wisdom in who we need to unfollow and what we need to distance ourselves from that's unhelpful to us. God, I pray that you would help us to be thankful for what we've got and for who we are. God, I pray that you would help us to be ourselves. With your eyes closed, I, I, um, if tonight's spoken to you, and I'm not going to give you a specific of what you want to respond to, but if you know you need to respond to something tonight and say, say, God, I, I, need, I need you to, to meet me in this, whether it's about saying no to FOMO, whether it's about an addiction to your phone or whether it's about being thankful for what you have or being you or about unfollowing. If that's you, could you just raise your hand for me if you want to say, yeah, I need to respond to this tonight. Why don't you just hold your hands out in front of you and and I want to pray over you. I'm not going to ask people to move about or anything like that. I'm just going to ask God to come and meet you. God, I pray now as we respond. In fact, I think there's more people that need to respond that aren't responding. If you know you need to respond, then respond. Don't miss out. I want to give you positive FOMO. If you don't respond, you're going to miss out on what God's got for you. In fact, I think um, there's a person here who keeps beating themselves up because they keep making mistakes and keep getting it wrong in following Jesus. And I felt like when I was praying then, God said to me, thank God you're not where you used to be. Hang on, I've got that wrong. I might not be where I used to be, but thank... No, right, here we go. I might not be where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I might not be where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I think that's for someone here tonight. So let's respond. Keep your hands out in front of you. God, I pray for for my friends here who are responding. God, I pray that you would speak to them. God whether it's now whether it's through a dream tonight as they sleep God whether it's through um, social media whether it's through a, a song whether it's through your word God I pray that you would you would speak to these guys now Might not be that uh, emotional a response, but you know you need to do something with with what's been said tonight, and you might just need to make a little plan in, in your phone and, and uh, or write it down, or or as soon as you get home start doing it. You know, I'm I'm quite a practical person, and I like to put stuff into action as soon as I can. You know that God's spoken to you on something tonight, and you feel challenged. You know so often we think that oh I've never experienced God because I've never fallen over when I've been prayed for or you know I've never I've never spoken in tongues or I've never shaken or you know I've never had this like audible voice of God call my name. Do you know if you if you listen to a talk and you feel challenged by it or you feel encouraged by it that is you encountering God. That is God speaking to you through what the person is saying so don't discount yourself and say oh I don't think I experienced God tonight if you felt challenged you experienced God if you felt encouraged you've experienced God and what we're going to do now as we um, finish is we're going to sing a song called Good Good Father and um, I know for some of you this might be a song that you struggle with Um, but the reason I asked the band to do this song to finish with is because the words of the chorus say and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am you see our identity is rooted in who God says we are and God says that we are loved sons and daughters of him that's where our identity comes from that's where we should base ourselves that's where we should live our lives from is knowing that in our lives so we're going to sing that together you don't need to come to the front you can stay where you are and just sing that truth over yourself if we can all stand to our feet now that'll be ace guys at the back as well if you can stand up we're going to sing together as we finish and let's Let's sing this over ourselves.